Yo, 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 I am Brad Rickle, and this is the Brad Rickle Brief. In computer science, there is a hill climbing problem where an algorithm needs to find the highest value of a given system. Think of it as an unexplored map, and the algorithm is tasked with finding the tallest mountain on the map. The program creates a random set of values spread over the map, and this algorithm searches the space to find the highest value or peak is located. So imagine the algorithm randomly on this fogged up map needs to find the highest mountain with no other information. How does it go about solving this problem? Without any other information, moving in one direction is equivalent to moving in any other direction. So it moves out arbitrarily or randomly as any new information is useful. And as it moves out, it will eventually find its first mountain, and the first value. There is still a problem. Once the first mountain is explored, this could be the tallest peak on the map. The algorithm could have solved the problem from the onset. Without more information, however, it's uncertain. So the algorithm will go back down the mountain and continue exploring. So now there's more information. The algorithm knows where it has been, but the rest of the map is still dark, still unexplored. With that knowledge of where it has been, there's one direction it doesn't need to go. But as it looks out in the rest of the unexplored territory, it'll still move out arbitrarily to the next direction. More information is still needed. And so time passes, more peaks are discovered, more of the map is explored, more sense can be made of the information. And given enough time, patterns and correlations will start to form. More time, more information, it can be more reasonably assessed as to what is the highest peak. Though still, it is an assumption until all the information is gathered. Given enough time, the algorithm explores everything and then navigates back to and reports the highest mountain with the tallest peak. So why the interest in this hill climbing problem? As I was reading about this AI learning technique, the parallels with life We are all placed in this world randomly. There's no control over where you are born or your family or your circumstances. You just are now on this map of life and it's fogged in. You can only see, to borrow a phrase from Al Pacino, six inches in front of your face. So we need to figure out how to get what we want out of life and we need to start moving forward. We need to start a direction. But since we don't know anything, Any direction is as acceptable as any other. Our lives, though, are not one map, as this hill climbing problem needs to solve. It's many. Anything with a value in our life is its own map. Health, hobbies, education, jobs, friend, spouse. Each one has its own set of values and is its own map. And you need to find out for yourself what maps are of greater value and on those maps What are the mountains with the highest peaks? And for most of the listeners here, we are in the developed world. The first path is relatively predetermined for us. We go to school for the first couple decades of our life. We're told that there are mountains in the distance, and we know the values of it. We go through high school, we get our degree, and then we're told college is another mountain out in the distance, and it has a slightly higher value. So go to college. We know it. It's common for parents to want their kids to go to college because it's a known value. The known is usually preferred to the unknown. 
maybe if we're lucky during high school years, we're lucky enough to be able to play some sports, work a couple different jobs, travel, date a couple people. Each part of life is a different map and we can start exploring those things as we get a little bit older. While it doesn't feel like it, we are all wandering around in the dark trying to find a mountain and climb it. What kind of classes do you like while you're in school, while you're in college? What type of people do you like hanging out with? Do you like dating that you can see yourself spending the rest of your life with? How do you like spending your money? How do you like spending your time? What types of things do you like to do? You find out what you value the most with experiences. So we are this hill climbing algorithm, and that's why it's used for AI learning techniques. We are burdened to find the things that mean the most to us the peaks with the highest values on these different maps. But we all start out the same. The maps are all blacked out to us. And there is a trade-off between time and certainty. The more time used to explore the map, the more certainty we have to find the peaks with the highest values. However, in our lives as compared to the algorithm, there is an emotional component to it. The more time we spend exploring, the less time we have to be on the mountains that we've identified to be of value to us. And once we've solved it, it feels good to stay on the highest mountains that we've identified. But what does this mean? If you spend your time in life trying lots of different things, taking a lot of different classes, dating a lot of different people, working different jobs, you are going to find more and more values, some with higher values, some with lower values, and you're going to have more certainty of the things that mean something to you. Knowing that our life is finite, however, there comes a point of diminishing returns. We don't have infinite time to explore every dark part of the map. We end up dying with a lot of the map unexplored, and that's okay. We get about 80 years, or around 4,000 weeks, until our life program ends. Some of us get lucky. We're placed on the map in such a way that the first peaks we find are going to be sufficiently high that we stay there, And we're relatively happy. Some people marry their high school sweethearts. Or the first job that they accept, they end up being a lifelong career. Others spend a large part of their life wandering. Neither one is objectively correct to the problem. You have to do the calculus and make the trade-off for yourself. The problem in our lives is that we are lousy with anxiety of an uncertain future and have an aversion to loss. Once you climb one of life's mountains, it's hard to go back down and try to find another mountain to climb. That is a difficult thing, and it's a lot of work. It's most dangerous in those things that are of mid-range values to us, those pursuits in life that make us just content enough to not want to try any longer. People stay in jobs that they don't like because the next job might be worse. Things could be worse, they tell themselves. The situation's not bad enough to make you want to go down the mountain and climb back up another one to see what that's going to look like. This is a kind of security, people tell themselves. People working towards a pension, you might find this to be common. I saw this in the military and with government civilians when I worked in that sector. People unhappy with their job, but they only have 10 more years until their pension. So they say, It's just 10 years. I know I'm not happy, but I'm going to get my pension and it's going to be okay. So they stay in their jobs 
thinking that they have an infinite amount of time. That is what I hear. When I hear someone say that they're going to be fine with the next 10 years of their life in an unhappy job, that's what I hear. Oh, you must think you live forever. The biggest lesson to learn from this hill climbing program is the benefits of randomness. Without randomness, the program would never find the highest mountain. It needs to set off in an arbitrary direction to discover value. That's important. Have you seen a Roomba clean a room? It has a similar random program set to it. It goes off in random directions, but given enough time, it ends up cleaning the whole room. In our lives, we call randomness chaos. We need to have some of this chaos in our lives to keep growing and learning about what we value. It is easy to get into ruts. Then one day, after 10 years of having the same daily routine, you will hear of a person just getting in their car and taking off or buying an expensive car or doing something wild with their money or shaving their head. These midlife crises are simply the want for chaos in our lives. That's a way to look at it. We need to have one foot on order and the other foot steeped in chaos to feel like we are truly living. And think about that in your life. When prompted to try new things, randomness is critical to our lives. This is not me telling you to move through your life with reckless abandon, to quit your job without another one in line, to leave your partner or go searching for the next big thing in your life. Don't burn everything down just because you're hearing this. This is more of a context of what drives our decisions. We too often only think about the cost of what it will take to do something. But remember, there is a cost associated with inaction as well. That's randomness. Not having enough randomness in life means we might potentially not be discovering things that we truly value. So think of this more as guidance on how to carefully navigate the future. If you want to quit your job and try something else, do it. But leave on good terms and your corporate overlords will welcome you back. And what's more, if you try a new job and you are six months into it, miserable, you can go back to the last job knowing with a higher degree of certainty that that job is more right for you. You have more information. And that certainty leads to additional happiness. So take a lot of different classes. Try different hobbies. Read a lot of different types of books. Date a lot of different people when you're younger. And try to work at a lot of different jobs. These are all types of randomness that are going to be beneficial to you. You need to explore these maps to find the mountains with the highest peaks. And there is a catch. You only have about 80 years and you want to spend as much time on top of that mountain as you can. So if you hear this and you're looking for randomness, get moving. That is it, folks. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you have any comments or feedback, please email at bradricklebrief at gmail.com or you can always find me on Twitter at bradrickle. Music, as always, is provided by James Spensley. Dude knows how to shred. See you later. I'm out.